Good morning. Welcome. Nice to have you guys here. We are hopefully saying goodbye to Hillary. She who wrecks havoc on societies is now leaving. I am referring to the hurricane that just, I believe, I'm checking right now, just passed us by. It was Category 3. And I am trying to pull up the map on where it is right now. Yes, it is scooting by us out at sea. It's actually directly, directly to my left here. It's out just west of us, and it's moving up to the Baja. Now, it's it's going to nail the Baja with a lot of rain, but they're not saying that it's going to hit it at this point. It's going to go way, way, way up the north of California. Probably going to bring a lot of rain up there. So thank you, Lord. Um, <laughs> another Hillary let Mr. Chance to wreak havoc on us. Okay. That should be a dad joke. Now, we will look over to this day in trivia. I think my my little buttons here that I normally use to get over to where I want to go <laughs> not working today oddly enough so let me see if I have it up just in memory here or not um, and I don't so we're not going to worry about this day in trivia today because it's not pulling up but I will see if I got a new dad joke this morning for us i should have one here hey what's going on they didn't send it today unless they just sent it mm, there it is there it is i found it okay <laughs> here it is you know what the rotation of the earth really makes my day <laughs> you gotta think about that one science science experts and we will move right into the reading of the word today. We are in Psalm 48, 49, That being said, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning you've given us. Thank you for um, steering th- that hurricane, which could have brought a lot of damage away. We thank for the rain. As said you would now protect the Baja, that they would not have that same situation, God. And just a special prayer for China, who's been... S- inundated with rain and flooding and so many tragedies going on over there god we can't even imagine so god help that country recuperate from all of the the rain that they've had so thank you for this day and guide us god in your word in jesus name amen probably many of you haven't really heard about china because it's not something that's been covered a lot but you might want to go look at some of the social media posts and some of the videos it's pretty horrific All right, Psalm 48, the beauty and glory of Zion, a song, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king. God in her places has made himself known as a stronghold for lo the kings assembled themselves and passed by together they saw it then they were amazed they were 
terrified. They fled in alarm. Panic seized them there. Anguish as a woman in childbirth. With the east wind, you break the ships of Tarshish. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the day of our God, God will establish her forever. Selah. We have thought on your loving kindness, O God, in the midst of your temple. As is your name, O God, so is your praise to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk about Zion and go around. Count her towers. Consider her ramparts. Go through her places that you may tell it to the next generation. For such is God, our God, forever and ever. He will guide us until death. Psalm 49. The folly of trusting in riches for the choir director, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Hear this, all peoples, give ear, all inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor together. My mouth will speak wisdom, and the meditation of my heart will be understanding. I will incline my ear to a proverb. I will express my riddle on the harp. Why should I fear in days of adversity when the iniquity of my foes surrounds me? Even those who trust in their wealth and boast in the abundance of their riches, no man can by any means redeem his brother or give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of his soul is costly, and he should cease trying forever, that he should live on eternally, that he should not undergo decay. For he sees that even wise men die, and stupid and senseless alike perish and leave their wealth to others. Their inner thought is that their houses are forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They have called their lands after their own names, but man in his pomp will not endure. He is like the beasts that perish. There is the way of those who are foolish and of those after them who approve their words, Selah. As sheep they are appointed to Sheol, death shall be their shepherd. The upright shall rule over them in the morning, and their form shall be for Sheol to consume, so that they have no habitation. But God will redeem my soul from the power of Sheol, and he will receive me. Selah. Do not be afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not descend after him. Though while he lives, he congratulates himself. And though men praise you, when you do well for yourself, he shall go to the generation after his fathers, and they will never see the light. Man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beasts that perish. Psalm 50. God, the judge of the righteous and the wicked, a psalm of Asaph. The mighty one, God, the Lord, has spoken and summoned the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the protection of beauty, God has shown forth. May our God come and not keep silent. Fire devours before him, 
and it is very temptuous around him. He summons the heavens above and the earth to judge his people. Gather my godly ones to me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Selah. Hear, O my peoples, and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I do not reprove you for your sacrifices. And your burnt offerings are continually before me. I shall take no young bull out of your house, nor male goats out of your folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains, and everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine, and all it contains. Shall I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of male goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I shall rescue you, and you will honor me. But to the wicked God says, What right have you to tell me my statutes, and to take my covenant in your mouth? For you hate discipline, and you cast my words behind you. When you see a thief... You are pleased with him, and you associate with adulterers. You let your mouth loose in evil, and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your brother. You slander your own mother's son. These things you have done, and I kept silence. You thought that I was just like you. I will reprove you and state the case in order before your eyes. Now consider this. You who forget God, or I will tear you in pieces, and there will be none to deliver. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me, and he who orders his way aright, I shall show the salvation of God. There's some really good truths in there. It's really profound and, and important to grasp and take hold of. Number one, I love I love the the way that all of this is put to music. I can't imagine. How, but maybe there are different sections and different songs. I know that I think it was Psalm 49, first two verses. I, one of the first songs I ever learned was that. Is it is the Lord greatly to be praised in the city of a God? Beautiful in situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the side of the north, city of the great king. I mean, I learned that when I was 20. I probably didn't even know it was a psalm. But they, they after all these years, that that song still sticks with me. The idea is that we're supposed to sing those as we do our modern, we put it in modern music, and sing those songs to reflect on the greatness and the glory of God. And this is what the psalmist is doing in there. Asaph was like the worship leader. He was the worship leader of the temple area in that time. And he put these truths to song to remember. And then we see the greatness of God in it about man being rich and mighty in his palm, thinking that he's going to continue on. And this is at least, I mean, it's good that we get this from the beginning in Judaism, that the Jews knew that when they die, they go down to Sheol, the place of the dead. But the interesting thing is, and why you need to study your whole Bible is, is Job and different people say, yeah, when it, when I'm when I'm dead, I go to Sheol, and, and they, you know, Sheol will consume me. 
and it makes it sound like Sheol is the end game, that you just go to the place of the dead and that's it. But the psalmist says here that that he will will raise me up, that he will take me out of Sheol and bring me adding into his kingdom. We bring the New Testament into that. Sheol is the transference place. It is the transition. We go to death in the Old Testament for sure, and then there they knew that they would be resurrected. They didn't have a, the, the same sense that we have in the New Testament where Jesus said, that today to the thief on the cross shall be with me in paradise to be absent from the bodies to be present with the lord they had not had that full revelation yet that i know of david knew that that his son would not come back from the dead to see him but he knew he would go see his son so he knew that he would go to Sheol, but he knew that there would also be a reunion that there would be a place there would be something in the future and so these truths are for us to grab a hold of and rejoice and thank god for and also to know that the rich will not take their riches to heaven, and they will not have it all in the afterlife. Isn't it interesting that you see all the Egyptian kings and pharaohs and all the rich trying to embalm themselves, and they would take their live servants and be buried with them. These poor servants and wives would, would die around this corpse because they wanted to have their entourage with them. And, of course, the Chinese emperors making all the fake soldiers that they would have all of this wealth in the the next life. And the Jews knew, no, no, no. No, this is, you have one chance in this life. And then the judgment, you die to go to Sheol alone. You're not rich. You're not wealthy. You have no influence. No. You stand before God according to what you did with the knowledge of our God in this life. It's the great equalizer. That's why the Jews had simple graves and simple tombs. It was pretty profound what was revealed to them. And today we we know the same is true. God will raise us up in the last days. And that is a hope that we have in Christ. And we know we'll be raised up physically, which is for a lot of us with our bodies having a little bit of a problem operating the way it used to when we were 20, functioning the way it should, that's a great praise. We know we're going to be glorified and our bodies are going to be perfected. No more dieting. <laughs> it's going to be great. Okay, 1 Corinthians 11, 1 through 16. Christian order. Be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you because You remember me in everything and hold firmly to the traditions just as I delivered them to you. But I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man. And the man is the head of a woman and God is the head of Christ. Every man who has something on his head while praying or prophesying disgraces his head. But every woman who has her head uncovered while praying or prophesying disgraces her head, for she is one and the same as the woman whose head is shaved. For if a woman does not cover her head, let her also have her hair cut off. But if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved, let her cover her head. For a man ought not to have his head covered, since he is the image and the glory of God, but the woman is the glory of man. 
For man does not originate from woman, but woman from man. For indeed, man was not created for woman's sake, but woman for man's sake. Therefore, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. However, in the Lord, neither is woman independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as the woman originated from man, so also the man has his birth through the woman, and all things originate from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given to her as a covering. But if one is inclined to be contentious, we have no other practice or have the churches of God. Wow, we could uh, spend a long time unpacking all that. This is why we like to get into the meat of the word and the depth of it as we do these studies together. And I have covered this uh, in 1 Corinthians 11. I should be on the webpage. Um, but the overarching idea is respect for God and the creation and the order of creation. Notice, first off, that Paul makes a good point that man's not better than a woman, woman's not better, less than man. They both were a complement to each other. Man came from woman, but woman was created for man. And so there is a beautiful symmetry, godly given uh, balance and symmetry to the relationship between man and woman. And it was ordained by God so that the two could become one flesh and have this unity and this beautiful life together. So let that be the focus of the conversation, number one, before we get caught up on the the side issues of whether your head should be covered or not. And many churches have different views on this. It was not and is not a primary issue of salvation. It is a something that Paul seemed to be recommending and giving his own take on it. And you can take this for what it's worth but it seems to have been largely cultural at that time. And it's fine if, if you have the, another take on this. Each person should be convinced in their own minds. But we know that the prostitutes often had short hair, temple prostitutes and such. That's how they distinguished themselves. And they would essentially, with their uncovered heads, be able to be promoting their availability for idolatry and idolatrous worship um, through the sexual union with the men around and that kind of thing. And the believing Jews and women in the church would have long hair. And there was the custom of covering the head, as Paul says, for a symbol of a covering of authority. I'll just leave it at that. We could go into a lot of details. It's hard not to get into the whole study on this. But I'm blessed either way. Women want to come into the church and cover their heads. Fine. I have no issue with that at all. And if they don't, see, the covering over the woman is the Lord. And if she's married to husband, if she has that gentle spirit of humility and grace, the Proverbs 31 woman, 
You know, man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. The most important thing is her is her heart covered? Is she under under the the lordship of Jesus Christ? Is is that her life? Is her life a passion and a love for Jesus, and asking Him to be her covering? And if that's the case, these other issues are side issues and small issues, and and I I, I think it's sad when churches make them a big issue. So keep that in mind. I don't think God is really judging people for whether or not they cover their heads when they pray. I think all he wants us to do is pray. Pray with sincerity. Pray from the heart. And pray as the Lord directs you. Now, there's a lot you can study here to decide if if this is an issue for you or not. But I am going off the studying people that are way smarter than me in theology and believe this was a secondary side issue for the church in that day and that it should not be something that is pushed and forced and and made a big deal of. So that's my issue. I'm not being a theologian myself. I stand on the shoulders of a lot of great men who have looked at this and feel comfortable with not making this a major issue in the church today on the outward, but we should on the inward. We should take the principles on the inward and believe that man has been placed as over the marriage as being accountable to God, and he needs to take that seriously. And the woman should respect him and come under that and support him and help him because he needs a lot of help. And and a good way to do it is just pray for him and pray for him knowing that Jesus is, is really your covering and you're doing everything to support that husband. And so we have the covering. And the men, obviously, same deal. I mean, easy for us if we have hats on to take them off. I don't have all the answers on the head covering thing. It's one of those issues that just seems to be not completely nailed down 100% in the church because people can look at it one of two ways. And this is why we have churches that are very big and unfortunate, other churches not. And that's why we used to have some wonderful ladies coming in with their daughters and stuff, always had their head covers. And man, I I was blessed by them because that's how they wanted to worship God. And other people didn't. That's fine. Now, the whole thing with men having long hair, you know, you have to decide, what's long hair? What's long hair for men? Where is it? To the ears? To the neck? To the middle of the back? What's long hair? Because in the Old Testament days, and of course in the days of Jesus, uh, there weren't a lot of barbers around. I mean, they had to cut their own hair, and they may have, They were working out in the field. They didn't have a lot of scissors. It wasn't like they had an opportunity to cut their hair a whole bunch. So we tend to think that their hair was longer for the man than it is is today even, but that was not considered long hair. So it's that becomes uh, arbitrary. How do you judge what's long hair? <laughs> so I guess we could all agree if it's down to the to the end of their back, that's probably considered long hair. And, and Paul saying hey, that's not really God's plan. And if that man loves the Lord with all his heart, soul, and mind, and, and if God is his covering and he's doing everything for the Lord, I don't think that God is concerned about his hair length personally. So let's move on to Charles Spurgeon. First Chronicles 28, 9. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. We need our God. He is to be had for the seeking, and he will not deny himself to any one of us if we personally seek his face. It is not if thou deserve him or purchase his favor, but merely if thou seek him. 
Those who already know the Lord must go on seeking his face by prayer, by diligent service, and by holy gratitude. For such he will not refuse his favor of fellowship. Those who as yet have not known him to their soul's rest should at once commence seeking and never cease till they find him as their savior, their friend, their father, and their God. What strong assurance this promise gives to the seeker. He that seeketh findeth. You, yes, you, if you seek your God, shall find him. When you find him, you have found life, pardon, sanctification, preservation, and glory. Will you not seek and seek on? Since you shall not seek in vain. Dear friend, seek the Lord at once. Here is the place, and now is the time. Bend that stiff knee, yes, bend that stiff neck, and cry out for God, for the living God. In the name of Jesus, seek cleansing and justification. You shall not be refused. Here is David's testimony to his son Solomon, and it is the writer's personal witness to the reader. Believe it and act on it for Christ's sake. Well, everybody listening right now, I fully believe you've done that. We can only pray and hope that those around us who are still stiff need would do that. You know, here in the, in the Catholic community and as well where you are, there are so many people that want to claim godliness and that they are religious and that they uh, follow God and yet never really sought him. They've only sought the religion, the religious ritualism and dogma, and way of life. And that kind of legalism and that kind of stuff kills. It doesn't bring life. And so he's crying out, remember, the, these, these Jews are writing to Jews. And they're saying, seek God. So it is applicable that we use these same kind of psalms to people who claim to be God followers. Seek him for real because I know most of us were brought up in the church and we weren't, didn't seek him. We just sat. Rather than seeking God, we sat in services. <laughs> it's a bunch of S's. So we could feel better about ourselves. We didn't really want to seek him because that would make us really a lot more accountable to him. We'd have to start obeying him. We just wanted to feel better about what we were already doing, caught up in our sin and trying maybe get a little divine permission or pardon for them <laughs> rather than becoming true servants and letting him wash us over with redemption and salvation. So, well, thank you guys for um, continuing on. We are going to be at the mission today, so be praying for those little childrens up there. And let's spend some time in prayer because there is a lot of stuff going on. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning. Thank you for what you're doing all around the world. And we acknowledge, God, there are some very sad tragedies going on. All of the, the, the burning and the homelessness and the deaths in Hawaii, God, we pray for your hand of mercy to be upon them and that you'd be using the church there, great glory and his church that did not get burned down, but the other Calvary, I believe, did. And I think there's many Christians there that are 
uh, that have lost their homes. And now, God, may you strengthen them and use them to be ministering there in Maui to help people uh, start their lives again. But often, God, we know this. We often have to get to the point where you take away everything so that we can finally look up and look to the God of our salvation and realize that what's important is life. in life is not what we have here on this earth. It's what we have in heaven. So may this tragedy turn into a triumph, and may it be a blessing to those who went through it that they, those who did not know you would turn their hearts to you 100%, and those who did know you realize you're just burning off the chaff, that you're making them, you're making them stronger, and that it becomes a Job-like trial where they come out of this twice as blessed. So we do pray for that for them in a big way, God. Pray for all of the government agencies and the, and the first responders that there might may not suffer any injuries, any problems as they work there, God. Please continue to help them in a big way. And, and then the flooding in China, God, we know that this government doesn't care for its people and it's willing to sacrifice hundreds of thousands of people just to save their Beijing and, and the city of all the, all the wealthy and in power. God, it's a, it's a serious and sad tragedy to see the death and destruction and everything going on there. We pray for the Chinese Christians to be there on scene ministering and not to lose hope, not to lose faith, God, but that they might see the church explode as we know the church in China has exploded. May you continue to do that because there's no other place to look for hope other than you. So may that also be something that they might find uh, during this tragedy, during this time, and just dry up the waters, Father, we pray. And we pray for those here locally that are um, going through a lot of transition and, and, and change. Uh, we know that um, the Castor Lines have, have had their fair share of just difficulties in one thing after another. And we want to pray for Dean, who, who just lost his contract on his job, and Father, he needs... He needs work to provide for his family so they can get the medical treatment. So we pray that, that miraculously, God, you can touch him and, and also heal him as some of the Lyme diseases come back to taunt him. And, and Father, he, he's getting hit on all sides. So we lift him up, God, for your strengthening and help them understand not only what they're going through, but also how to come through it. And let them not give up hope, God, as we see that you are the God of our salvation, the God who can guide us through these things. So we really pray for, for them. And we pray for Kevin and his family moving back to Canada. God, bless them as they go back and establish themselves there. And thank you for their time uh, while they were here. And uh, may they go back and be a strong witness for, for your kingdom there in Canada. And um, for all my Canadian brothers and sisters, we really want to pray for for their witness and their strength as they are seeing their government just completely go um, anti-Christian, anti-moral, and everything that is we've held as, as Western values for so long. So God uh, helped them even get in power in government positions to, to fight some of this stuff going on. Pray for the salvation of their president in a big way, God because he has taken their country just down a very dark path, as well as ours in the United States. But I want to pray for them, the leadership, as these globalists are taking over. 
We know it's part of your prophecy and your plan, but in the meantime, God, we're praying for this one last harvest. So just bless them, God, and help these government agencies get get Christians around them to show them the the fallacy and the the lie and the and the way they're being deceived by the enemy. So thank you for this day, God. May you just bless the rest of it and bless as we come into this weekend that we can truly, truly seek you and serve you as your servants, as we are able to gather together around your table and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. So if I've missed anything prayer request specific, please send them in. I know we have a lot to pray for. Not a lot of time to do it, but I'm happy to try and work it in. So thank you guys. And remember, as always, get people involved in this. I'd like to see the whole church involved. I'd like to see that we have a serious enough group of people around us. Now, I know I'm not talking to you guys watching right now. I'm just talking for you guys to encourage those that are in your church, in our church here, to make sure they're in the Word of God and, and get into it because this is what seeking the Lord is all about. So, God bless you. We will see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word.